and welcome to the Contractor's Best Friend Podcast. I'm Brad Humphrey, your host. Today we're sponsored by Caterpillar and 4constructionpros.com. Today I'm joined by three experts from Caterpillar. Jason Hurtis is our global market professional. Jason, how are you doing today? Good, Brad. How are you today? Excellent. Great day today. Lonnie Fritz is our senior market professional, and he's also involved with the construction industries through that. Lonnie, how are you today? Very well, Brad, and yourself? Excellent. Rounding out our team today is Scott Hageman, and he's also senior market professional for grade control technology. And Scott, how are you today, my friend? Couldn't be doing better, Brad. Good to talk to you. Great. Guys, we also have a little bit of a, we have a guest for us. Uh, you know, I love doing these podcasts with you guys. You guys bring so much information. I thought it might be kind of fun if we brought in someone representing more of the contractor who might actually be able to go one-on-one with you guys, or in this case, one-on-three, with maybe some questions or, or even some some experiences that you guys might even ask them. Today, we have visiting us a uh, the corporate fleet manager for a company called PaveCon based in Dallas, Texas. They have about eight or nine locations around the Southwest. And the gentleman that we're going to be interviewing and walking, working with is Chris Seeger. Chris, how are you today? I'm doing great. Glad to be here, Brad. All right. Well, we're looking forward to it and let's get right to it. You know, obviously with uh, different industry issues that have gone on uh, over the past year, uh, whether it's economic or viruses included, all those kind of things, um, obviously, many contractors begin to realize, have begun to realize just how critical that cash flow is and, it's, and how important it is and, and, and what they sometimes need to do because of a low cash flow. As they say, cash is king. Buying equipment might even make less sense to some contractors until they really start seeing parts of this economy really starting to come back. Lana, let me start with you. What advice can you give contractors about the options of purchasing or leasing or renting, of course, equipment? And we might get a, maybe Chris's intake on this in just a moment. But Lonnie, give us some of your thoughts uh, from your perspective. Yeah, Brad, when we do see uncertainty, you know, throughout the economy, we, we tend to see uh, contractors and customers alike pull back a little bit. They don't want to necessarily extend themselves out um, in capital expenditures um, when things are low and certain or maybe wondering where that next job may come from. So that's when they can really look at pulling the rental lever um, where they're basically paying as they go. Yes, they're not creating value in a long-term asset. It's just like renting a house versus buying it. Uh, they're not going to have that residual value in the end so much. But if they want to kind of find that middle road, a lot of our customers in this situation leverage the rental person option or what we call RPO, the machine, where that rent essentially is going towards the purchase. If they want to convert the asset later to a full-blown purchase and take over those payments, if you will, in the financing um, of the machine into it. So a great uh, lever to use by the contractors um, to help minimize the exposure they have when they're looking at capital aspects and, and CapEx expenditures. That's interesting. It, Chris, from your perspective, and you represent the, the contractors, and and obviously uh, PaveCon is not just a mom and pop uh, from that standpoint. You have uh, hundreds of pieces. How do you look at the same situation as it relates to purchasing versus leasing versus renting? You know, one thing we always look at is can you afford that piece of equipment? You know, do you have work on the books? Can you schedule that piece of equipment? You know, how many hours a year can you run that? So one one thing definitely with renting is it's a very controlled cost. You know exactly, you know, when you're bidding the job, you know exactly what that cost is going to be, whether it's daily, weekly, or monthly. And, you know, there's no unexpected 
unexpected repairs. So the one good side with renting right now is that, you know, with some uncertainty is that, uh, you know, the cost is definitely controlled. So that is something that we look at heavily. As I do, I think most contractors do. Scott, from your perspective and your involvement over the years, when you're looking at these options, especially in light of some of our economic issues for contractors today, what, what might be some advice you have might encourage them to use as well? Well, one thing, Brad, we've done in quite a few years ago is we started making these machines what we call plug and play. So you could go ahead and you could rent some technologies at your local dealership and add those to the machines. And then you could have the technology for either a specific job or a specific time based on, do you think you have the, the need for it more than you know six months or once again, the rent to own option. So renting technologies is a very good idea based on your job and the economy. Jason, in your viewpoint, because I know you've seen a lot of contractors struggle with this over the years, is it wrong to think that a contractor might never own equipment? I mean, is that even possible? I don't know if I would say that's ever possible. <clears throat> I think their their mix um, is always going to change with economic conditions or business conditions or even even management style. And their mix being, you know, out of my total fleet, I purchase X number. And out of that X, I'm going to own some and lease some. I'm going to have some used equipment that uh, I'm going to repurpose and then I'm going to supplement with, with rental type pieces of equipment. So I think that mix changes based on, you know, what's, what else is going on in the world. But again, that mixture, at least for most of the fleets that I've been involved in, there's, there's some of that at play in each and every one. Yeah, I, I agree with that. You know, maintenance, as we've discussed uh, in past podcasts, and certainly I would encourage the listeners to this podcast that if, if they'd like to get some more information on maintenance and, and, the, and the reasons to do it with, the, with the uptime as being your goal for equipment, go back and search some of those. But, but in today's podcast, you know, it, it, we've got to have a good approach, even when we're renting equipment. And Chris, let me throw this at you as representing that contractor. What are some things that, that you guys do, what you've had to do, lead at, at, at PaveCon for even equipment that we rent or that we lease? What's the responsibility on the contractor to, to make sure that that equipment is maintained? Yeah, you know, we, we work directly with, um, with, the, with the rental company and uh, a lot of, you know, maintenance and communication with them to make sure that piece of equipment is um, functioning and getting all of its proper maintenance. So we definitely, uh, it's that relationship with the contract or with the, uh, with the rental house to keep everything up and running. And uh, Brad, one quick thing, um, kind of off what Jason said is, um, you know, when we look at rental piece of equipment, we also look at our location. So, you know, for instance, uh, the Lubbock location, you know, out in West Texas is just really expensive. So for us, we really, we try to own those pieces of equipment out there um, where the DFW market here in Dallas is just so competitive that we can really, we can really get a cheaper rate on a lot of rentals. So I'm um, really trying to evaluate also locations. Um, so yeah, just thought I'd throw that in there. No, that's good. Lonnie, I, I, you've spoken to that before in past podcasts. Can you add anything to that comment? That was just good insight. Yeah, on the expense side, you know, customers are always looking to control their cost. Um, so right. they need to see how that fits into their budgets. Um, another thing I want to share too is 
from the standpoint of do I rent or do I buy? So let's mm-hmm. look at a, a contractor. If they're running, you know, with a, a backlog where it normally runs or they, they're bidding a lot of work and they're saying, man, we're going to be up, you know, 5%, 10%, 15% year over year. Therefore, most all, if not the entire fleet is being utilized. Their next step is, hey, I need assets. I need machines. Mm-hmm. Do I rent, lease, do I buy? So again, while it may be on uncertain times and I kind of pull back a little bit, it also on the glass half full is an optimistic approach and say, okay, I'm not for sure how long times are going to be good or if we want to take that next step and grow the company by 15% and start buying assets and go from 300 machines to, oh my gosh, just yesterday we had 300, now we have 350. So they may be renting and, and it's also very seasonal. You know, if you're in a snow state and you're, you're holding dearly onto those six, seven, eight maximum months of the construction season, you start to peak out and you're looking to fill those gaps with rental assets. And you can play with the rates back to Chris's point based on term. If you know you don't need it for a one day, don't pay a one day rental. It's yeah. a week or is it a month or say, oh man, June and July, we got a lot of work stacked on the books. Mm. Rent it by the month, keep that cost down, keep that asset working. So again, it's all about scheduling and workload and what's the demand for the machine. Does it really trigger a buy or do I tiptoe into this and say, where, where am I at when the upcoming season comes? And we kind of throttle, uh, excuse me, throttle that ratio of those owned assets to those rental assets. So want to make sure we're looking at both sides of the coin there and also then just being uh, good citizens. And, and, you know, we, we manage a checkbook for the owners of the companies. So again, we want to be looking for those, those rates that best fit. That's exactly right. That's, that's good insight. You know, one of the things that I know a lot of contractors deal with are just, you know, when those, when those uh, pieces of equipment, when, when some of the little things, those little small signs, I call them, of, of equipment issues start popping up. It's kind of like, you know, how, how long do you keep feeding the, feeding the beast sort of a thing? Chris, from your standpoint as, as a user uh, of, of equipment, including Caterpillar equipment, what, what, are the, what are some of the small signs of equipment issues that you have found or you find uh, when you begin to, that red flag sort of goes up, is it time to maybe take that equipment and, and, and uh, you know, exchange it for another uh, upgrade of that same piece, that same purpose? What, what are some of the signs that you look for as, as the corporate fleet manager? Yeah, really the, uh, the, the cost of owning that piece of equipment. So how many times, you know, is it in the shop and what are, what's the total cost for repair for that piece of equipment? So as we see, uh, as we see that, you know, as equipment gets older, you start to see that the cost of owning the equipment will go up and, and come to a peak. And that's the time that we want to replace it and uh, purchase a new piece of equipment. So really, you know, monitoring, monitoring all the repairs um, and maintenance on that piece of equipment is key. I appreciate that. You know, Jason, in your in your line of work, I mean, some of the piece of equipment you have is just huge, but is it really, it's very similar for the customers that you guys service, right? Yeah, I don't think there's any any difference. I mean, they're, they're tracking the maintenance and they have life cycle curves for each of the machines. Um, their decisions are very similar. You know, they may own the production pieces of equipment, the large wheel loaders, the, the heavy haul trucks. They may lease some of the yard loaders and then they're going to rent their supplemental equipment, you know, whether it's a motor grader for the haul roads or skid steers or small excavators for plant maintenance and things like that. So their ratios 
I, I think will be very similar from the coin aggregate sand and gravel customer to a, to a general contractor. Scott, what about from your perspective, uh, you know, that the whole grade control technology perspective, I mean, what, what the contractors like Chris represents, I mean, what should be some of their uh, uh, items that they should focus on before making a decision to rent versus leasing or buying? Brad, I'd like to resort back to the uh, consulting option there. You know, we need to consult with Chris and, and talk to him. What type of jobs are you going to do? And right. what are your accuracies on those jobs? That will dictate what type of technology we'd like to use. The other big one would be, where is this job going to take place? Is it an environment that you can see satellites? So GPS, GNSS is an option, or is it somewhere downtown, you know, DF, VFW where you don't have that ability to see those satellites. So then we need to give you another aspect of technology. And what do you have on your machines now that we may be able to utilize even on a trade-in that some of the hardware components are good, but maybe we get a new display and we get some of the new software benefits still using some of those sensors that are very robust. Yeah, that's awesome. Hey, Chris, as we start bringing this uh, podcast down to a close, I did want to give you an opportunity. Do you have a question that you'd like to raise to these guys? You know, um, I, I guess just like to kind of follow up is is really um, communication, making sure that all of the dealers, you know, know that technology, um, because I have those have had those exact same conversations about GPS and, you know, which which system should we use? And, you know, can we adapt our current motor grader? Should we upgrade motor graders? Um, so not really a question, I guess, just really um, making sure that that you're keeping up with communication with your PSSR or your your salesman uh, at your dealer. Well, that's great advice for other contractors to use. Hey, uh, Lonnie, Jason, Scott, any final words before we begin to, to close this uh, worthwhile podcast out? Yeah, I want to share one additional thing, Brad, to take one of these topics a little further, and that's cost. You know, if we if we don't mm-hmm. measure it, we don't know where it's at. We don't know how to improve on it. And that was to the, do I trade in an asset or do I hold it? Um, right. Speaking from past experience, and I, I want to encourage those listeners that if they're not following this process, to give this one some thought on implementation. And that is when you do have a repair, maintenance, repair, breakdown requiring parts and service. Most assets have an equipment number. Use that equipment number as the job number. Use the repair as the cost code. If you don't have a system set up, look at setting up a system. You know, maybe engines is, is item 10. Maybe transmissions is 20. Maybe an electrical repair is 30. And, and charge it out accordingly. And then look at it periodically, no less than annually. Because we looked at, you made a statement, Brad, about charging machines to the job and some do not. While right. it may be internal dollars of your, account, of your account, you are charging yourself for the utilization of that machine. You're tracking the hours. That leads to a lot of data insights. But at the same time, if you track the cost, you're putting all that data together to get true, very true cost, hourly cost of that machine. So one, you know how to estimate and bid using accurate rates. Number two is, you know what it's costing you, so you can start to track those trend lines and say, hey, wait a minute, we're getting a little out of bounds here. We may need to look at flipping this asset and and also use downtime as a function um, as you bring all that together. So moral of the story is, is make sure we're not out there just running machines. And yes, the tracks are still turning or the bucket still goes up and down. If we bring that more to an analytical sense and really control and track everything, it will help you make better educated decisions uh, leading to greater profitability in the end. 
Man, that's wise stuff. I mean, we, this you know, every time we do these podcasts, guys, I got to be honest with you. You guys impress me so much with how critical it really is to uh, to track the data, the telematics, uh, all the production equipment. You know, we talk about tracking production crew work and all that, but as Chris will attest, you know, tracking the equipment, uh, not just the hours, but even the little things that can even be signs of of maybe early detection of things we ought to be taking care of. Well, if you're a contractor and listening to this, certainly one of your own have been a part of our crew today. In our discussion. So hopefully, Chris Seeger, thank you for joining us today. We really do appreciate your input. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, guys. The uh, One of the things I'd like to, to close out with is that, like all the other podcasts, uh, obviously, we want you and encourage you to listen to these, uh, you know, again and again. You may have some people that need to hear this. As an owner or contractor or leader, you may be listening to it, and maybe you do have a machine or a shop foreman or a maintenance foreman, and they need to listen to this kind of thing. What are they looking for? What are we What are we trying to manage? It's as much a part of your profitability as anything else. I think that's one thing you will find the more you look at the, the whole uh, metric side and, and to t- decide whether you're going to rent or lease or own. Well, again, on behalf of um, Jason and Lonnie and Scott, uh, we are glad you joined us. Thank you for being a part of Swimmer. Our main goal is to help you be the best that you can be work hard. Put the things that you've heard, some of the ideas you heard in this podcast, put them to work. And uh, best of luck to you as you move forward. Thank you for listening. Find new videos from the Caterpillar team on the Cat Products YouTube channel.